Welcome, fellow pilots and other podcast listeners. I'm your host, Strategic Communication Chairman Captain David Campbell. Joining me today are Negotiating Chairman Chris Gruner, MEC Chairman Will McQuillan, and ALPA's Chief Negotiator Bruce York. We will be discussing negotiations today, specifically how they are shifting to the significant areas of our contract. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, David. Bruce, could you explain your role at ALPA and how that interfaces with us here at the Alaska Pilot Group? My position as chief negotiator is really the person who participates in uh, many of ALPA's negotiations, depending on the nature of those, and helps pilot groups uh, both plan for, strategize, and execute in the bargaining table. Can you give us just a brief recap of your work history? Sure. I started working at ALPA in 1979 while I was finishing law school. I uh, worked at ALPA for 10 years after that to about 1990. Uh, I was recruited uh, as a uh, lead uh, entertainment union representing actors, broadcasters, newspeople, and recording artists, and sat across the table in LA and New York uh, from Hollywood producers, networks, record labels, advertising agencies. Uh, and I came back to Alpen in 2000 and uh, been participating in many different uh, Alpa pilot negotiations since then. And in context, how in those years, how many contracts would you say you've, you've done, at least for the for airlines? Um, yeah, well, it, you know, over 40 years, I, I think I'm pretty close to about a thousand collective bargaining agreements uh, that I participated in or led uh, or supervised. Um, you know, I'd have to count more specifically uh, just on the ALPA side, but uh, uh, lots of them ranging from the smallest ALPA carriers to larger ALPA carriers. And Bruce, uh, just to contextualize this, you've been a resource to the Alaska Airlines pilots for some time now, right? Uh, How many years? For as long as I've been here. Yeah, right. I started doing Alaska work actually um, back in 1986 or 87 um, and uh, negotiated uh, that contract, recovering a bunch of concessions that had been uh, uh, provided uh, 18 months or two years earlier. And then back from the entertainment business really since the the mid-2000s. Before we get into discussing this next phase of negotiations, Chris, could you recap for us the process by which the MEC determines the negotiating goals? Yeah, so we've been working hard to make sure that we are following the pilot's prerogatives as we go through this. So uh, if you remember, we set out the lower tier items initially, and that was right after the merger between uh, Virgin and Alaska. So we didn't fully have your uh, survey results at that time, and we gathered input based on things that we knew needed to be addressed in the contract, based on grievances, committee chair inputs, et cetera. And then during that time, you know, we've had the survey, uh, polling, and then numerous opportunities to engage uh, the pilots, um, either directly as negotiating committee members or to hear their input via their representatives, which is the primary conduit for uh, any pilot to reach out to. And then uh, we've gathered all that information together and we've uh, created a set of comprehensive openers and provided a direction, or rather taken that to develop direction for uh, how we're gonna move forward. 
Right. Well, what would you say is the backbone of, of the process and, and the backbone of, of our planning? Well, simply put, it's the pilots. Uh, everything that we do is what the pilots have told us are their priorities and their goals. And our planning is underpinned by that feedback that we've received from the pilot group uh, since the merger and certainly most recently here in the, the form of the uh, surveys and then the polling that was recently completed. And again, just as a recap, once we have all that information from the pilot group, who sets the goals? Well, the MEC acts upon that pilot input to provide the direction and set the goals that the negotiating committee then uh, takes to the table and, and works to achieve. So what did we discover from all of that research about what the pilots want? Uh, that they're fairly unified in their goals, which is certainly good news that uh, despite, despite the fact that we came from, uh, you know, recently, to different airlines that they're highly unified in what they want to see contractual improvements in and uh, the goals they'd like to see achieved in this next contract. And specifically, uh, we've certainly heard loud and clear that pilots are seeking improvement in their work rules, so, you know, scheduling, their day-to-day -day lives, and job security, as well commonly referred to as scope. In a number of our communications, you've mentioned things like we're moving on to the cornerstone issues of the contract. Could you flesh out a little bit more what we mean when we talk about contract issues in the in the context of a cornerstone? Yes, certainly. Some people are familiar with the metaphor. It's been used before, but briefly that they are work rules, job security, benefits, and pay. And uh, those are the four things that underpin a pilot's career and the contract. Everything else is kind of built upon those cornerstones, and hence the whole cornerstone metaphor. Uh, we're moving on to the more core key aspects of negotiations that are important to the pilots. So Chris, your negotiating committee is getting ready to meet with the company again. What's next on the agenda? Yeah, so on November 12th, we're going to meet and uh, hand over a list of comprehensive openers. And so you, you mentioned openers. That might be a little bit confusing because we've been negotiating for a while. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so the RLA just requires that um, we give written notice of an intended change to the company. So it's just our way of telling them what it is that we intend to negotiate. So there doesn't have to be just one set or no specific time on when that's passed over. So like I discussed before, we had the initial set of things that we wanted to discuss before we had the survey and polling results. We're clear that that's what we intended to uh, do and then follow up with a more comprehensive set once we uh, got more information from the pilot group. So that's what this is. Mm -hmm. And and while you said that there's not a requirement to express an opener, but there is a contractual requirement for us to provide notice to the company that, per the contract of the CBA, that by October 1st that we provide notice of the intent to negotiate. So this checks a box in a way. Yeah, maybe Bruce can add further yeah. context to that. Yeah, I think that's a good way of thinking about it, David. Um, there are... Um, Railway Labor Act requirements, which are technical in nature. There's the contract duration clause, which uh, sets out the time frame. And then there's the practical part of all of this. And the Railway Labor Act, as Chris said, just requires that you provide a notice that you want to talk uh, at least 60 days in advance. Um, the contract talks about when we're going to do that. Um, but then, as you note, there's the practical part of this. We've already been negotiating. It was part of a strategy that we thought was really important to try and get the lower level issues out of the way even before 
that notice was required uh, because we want this negotiation to move along forcefully and efficiently. Uh, so again, we, we've satisfied the technical requirements and we're now providing our opening proposals with regard to the cornerstone issues. Well, I'm certain our pilots will be interested to know what's in that opener document. Will they have a chance to see that? Yeah, a absolutely. That's one of our commitments, obviously, is the transparency piece. And we obviously want the pilots to see it and be able to make sure that that does reflect their interests and their desires as they've expressed to us through the polling and surveys. So we will publish the document to the, to the pilots, certainly. When can they expect to see that? Immediately. Same, same time frame as when it's presented to the company. So November 12th. November 12th, yes. It sounds like the document about openers fleshes out a bit what we want to achieve in the negotiations, but not really the details of each section. Uh, in other words, it's not contractual language that you're handing over. Well, we're continuing our commitment to transparency to the pilots. So, um, you know, the way we approach the company on a lot of issues, too, is by giving them ideas and not necessarily full language. And then to then as we talk about pieces, then tighten it up. And that's not true in every case. But um, the opener you're going to see is exactly how we're going to explain it to the company. It's the same opener. So it's going to have bullet points. It's going to explain what we're going for. And, you know, like in uh, work rules, we spend a lot of time on that because we recognize that's a priority to you. And we recognize that um, the things that are important to you are the rules. And so, you know, that goes to the flexibility to adjust schedules, increase the day off, and uh, getting appropriate credit for a day of work. So when you're looking at themes like that, there might be different paths to be able to get there and achieve the results that you want. And um, so as you look through section 12 and section 25, you'll see several of the ideas that we have that address those issues. And I think it's important to point out that in formulating those ideas that we've done extensive research uh, to be able to back it up in terms of the survey results and the polling, what the pilots want and what might work. So these bullet points truly do reflect a lot of homework, a lot of research, and a lot of time with other airlines to kind of identify what the, the best paths forward might be to achieve clearly what the pilots have told us they want. Yeah, from watching you guys prepare for this, it seems like you, you gathered the information from what the pilots want and then looked out in the field to see how those same sorts of problems have been solved at other properties. Yeah, mostly. And I'll say we actually did a lot of research ahead of time just to give us a full tool bag from which we can then, you know, follow the what the pilots wanted. So by the time we got that information from the pilots, we already had a lot of the groundwork done and we were able to kind of pull and already have some of those connections and relationships with other groups that we could uh, draw from in order to, uh, to build this opener document. What other unique things might we see in this document? I think it's it, maybe what people might think is unique that we don't actually have a, a specific pay value cited in the document. And, you know, there's obviously reasons for that. Um, historically, pay is one of the last items negotiated in a contract cycle. And we certainly want to, uh, to preserve that, as well as the fact that obviously we've got uh, pure airlines that are in negotiations at this time. And we'd like to... Uh, see how their negotiations finish out before formulating our proposal. But they'll certainly see a, uh, an intent statement of where we intend uh, for pay to end up. And I think that uh, you'll, you'll see a statement on scope. We do intend to provide the company with a full language proposal 
on scope. Uh, those needs have been pretty, pretty clearly identified by the pilots. And uh, so we'll start from that position, and then you'll see scope education pieces that will uh, help the pilots understand that proposal in the future. Yeah, you know, scope uh, and job security are very technical language-based proposals. That's why, uh, in addition to expressing our general thoughts of the areas that need to be covered in bullets, we're going to give the company a precise understanding of what we're talking about in each area, and that'll be done with a, a full language proposal. So they'll have a chance to get their experts working on at the same time. It'll come as no surprise to the pilots to, to hear that everyone essentially has identified scheduling flexibility as important. How are you going to address that? Yeah, it's a part of work rules, right. right? That the pilots have identified as one of their priorities. And, you mm -hmm. know, that goes to a rules-based transparent system that the pilots can see and have faith in and uh, understand what's going to happen when they push the button for a trade and, um, you know, have some predictability on how to manage their daily schedules. And not only that, but provide the fluidity that they need to be able to adjust those things just to manage their lives. I mean, being an airline pilot is a unique situation, right? You're, you're gone for days at a time, and being able to balance that with your uh, home life is essential, and we're not there right now. So I think it's safe to say that we're going to work towards a scheduling system that uh, meets these clearly identified pilot goals and provides the pilots with the, the transparency in the scheduling process that they've demanded. Right, so then you can have a set of rules that they can see and know how they're going to be applied when they implement a trade. So there's no guesswork, and then it's also done fairly, and it's all applied evenly across the bases. Yep, absolutely. Chris, flesh out a bit the negotiations going forward. Yeah, so we have our amendable date on April 1st, and we do have a lot of items that we need to discuss with the company um, just based on your expectations. We do have a plan to get done by the amendable date, and uh, we are going to continue to drive towards that plan and make sure that uh, we're staying on pace. So we do have a lot of days scheduled with the company, and uh, we'll make sure we're not wasting time. We've done a lot of preparation in the meantime to make sure that uh, we're ready for uh, any number of paths that this negotiation can take. And just in case anyone is worried, the, the priority is achieving our goals. It's not hitting the amendable date. I mean, in, in other words, we're not going to sacrifice what we expect out of the contract for the sake of having an, a, a TA on the amendable date. Yeah, you know, I do think it's important to plan for that amendable date because that's what's in the contract, and I think that's what we owe the pilots. But at the same time, you know, the issues are the priorities. So we're not going to pass you a substandard contract just in the interest of getting something done on time. That's not the way we're looking at this. We're looking at addressing your issues and making sure they get done, and we're going to do our best to do that in a timely manner, and that's what we've planned for. Well, what will follow the opener document? Uh, simply more interaction with the pilots. We're consistently interested in your feedback, and we want to provide the opportunity to not only receive that feedback but answer your questions. So I guess specifically to your question, we are uh, trying to orchestrate a pilot all call that will happen uh, for the ability people to ask questions and have them answered and we'll have the resources on the call to do that. Still kind of working out on some of the logistics, but it's tentatively set up for uh, the, the 20th of November. 
and then uh, we'll try to back that up with an evolving FAQ document. And uh, there'll certainly be the ongoing efforts to meet and greet and hang out and talk to your MEC uh, leadership, the negotiating committee at numerous pub events. Communicating with the elected leadership is really important, and I, I want to reiterate that pilots can always call their reps. In fact, that's really an important part of the process. Oh, it's a vital part of the process. That is the backbone of, of understanding your needs. Your reps are your elected leaders. They're the ones who articulate and make decisions on your behalf. They, everybody should have their rep's phone number in their phone, and they should know their name. Absolutely. And another good resource are the pilot-to-pilot ambassadors. So if you see anyone walking around with a red lanyard, feel free to chat with them and uh, if you know one, give them a call as well. Yep, absolutely. Along with the reps, the uh, P2P ambassadors, or at least the uh, the chairman are on the MEC call weekly, and we always ask for feedback from the line. Well, while we're on the topic of questions, let me get one out there that is often asked and is on a lot of people's mind, and, and that is the notion of arbitration. Can this end up in arbitration? Only if both parties agree. This contract is for you to vote on, and... It will go out to you to decide whether or not it meets your expectations. Yes, I think it's absolutely safe to say that the MEC in this pilot group has no appetite for mutually binding themselves to arbitration. This will be your contract to decide. And, and beyond that, that fact is protected in the Railway Labor Act, right? Bruce, can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, the Railway Labor Act at its end, although that sometimes can be kind of far away, that gives the parties the opportunity to mutually agree to arbitrate a contract. Uh, but as soon as one declines, uh, it starts a cooling off period. We'll talk a lot more about the Railway Labor Act as we get deeper into the process. I think right now what's really important to know is we're off to a good start. We have a company that's making money. We have a economic environment that's favorable. Um, other contracts are progressing uh, positively in terms of results. Um, and maybe most important, uh, Alaska pilots have shown that they're unified and committed to being engaged in the process. And that might be the most important part of all of this. Um, you know, when the company understands that the goals are shared and the pilot group is together, uh, oftentimes it it helps move the process to a more efficient conclusion. That's what I was going to say, is that you've seen this this rodeo many, many times, Bruce, and so you can speak to the how just how valuable that pilot involvement and engagement is, correct? Yeah, it, and again, obviously, if we're in a horrible economic environment, uh, those external events uh, might, you know, be uh, something that are really important to think about. But right now, that isn't the case, and almost uniformly, uh, the the engagement of the pilot group, uh, the support for the goals, uh, the full participation Alaska pilots have had, uh, and their willingness to engage with leadership and the negotiating committee, as you guys already have on uh, sort of pub nights and you know sits at the airport. Um, and frankly, our polling shows a high degree of, of support and enthusiasm and engagement, and all of that's key in, in getting to the end of this process efficiently. The unity that this pilot group has shown, Chris, have you seen any benefit to that already? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the company is paying attention. And so just your honest responses and the expectations that you have set 
in the surveys and polls honestly have gone a long way but you know this is a long road and so it's important to continue to stay informed and continue your engagement make sure you're paying attention you're contacting your reps uh, i know we say it all the time but it really is important and um, together and unified we'll move this forward and get that contract across the table yep absolutely that's this is your contract that we are negotiating for and your involvement is just absolutely critical and every pilot needs to look in the mirror and recognize that they need to stay informed they need to contribute and provide that feedback and provide the wind at the sales of the negotiating committee well in closing i'd like to ask each one of you the following question what would you say is the most important thing that an individual pilot can do to help move this process along to achieve the goals that the pilots want I honestly believe that just continuing to do the outstanding job that you all do every day as professional pilots goes a long ways towards getting you the contract you deserve. Just rewarding that professionalism is something that is easy to talk to, and I think that goes a long ways. So I think that's really important. Just keep that up, continue to stay engaged and unified, and we'll get through this together. Yeah, I would say be excellent to each other and be excellent to our passengers throughout this process. But uh, specifically, I would, I would answer that question by saying to, uh, to stay informed. Absolutely stay informed, read, uh, and stay engaged because we're going to tackle a number of subjects that really are key to your quality of life. And they're not simple concepts, right? They're, they're, people are going to have to study and, and understand when we put things out for, for them to uh, remain involved throughout the process and that, then provide the feedback back to your reps. Close that loop so that we can be successful for you. Yeah, this is, um, to me, it's a great question, David, in the following sense, and, and Will and Chris have already talked about many of these features. Um, the, uh, Alaska pilots have already shown they're willing to be engaged and active and participate at a super high level in the survey and polling. Um, that, you know, that gives me a lot of confidence. But as Will said, we have complicated issues to talk about in this negotiation. And it's my experience that um, employees don't fight for things that they don't understand and we'll have to spend a lot of time talking as a group about some of those complicated issues and what they mean and to as Will said really uh, read the information study the issue ask questions I know the MECs and the negotiating committee's commitment is to stay available and transparent and communicate and they really invite questions and want to answer them. So make sure you're getting the info you need and keep an open mind and talk about the issues, some of them that are, uh, which are complicated. All right. Well, gentlemen, as always, I really appreciate coming in here and sharing your wisdom and thoughts with us. And Bruce, especially to you, thank you for making the trip all the way out here from D.C. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yep. Thank you, David. Yep. Take care, David. Thanks. You've been listening to the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman, Captain David Campbell.